Psalm 32, 1 through 5. Let's read it. How happy is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How happy is the man Yahweh does not charge with sin, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, and my strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to Yahweh, and you took away the guilt of my sin. Today I'd just like to concentrate on the blessing of being forgiven. And the Day of Atonement is a reminder that we are all sinners in need of forgiveness. I was reminded yet again by that, as Brother Dan read Leviticus 16, and the whole assembly of Israel was there to have what? Their sins be forgiven all over again, year after year. It's a reminder that we're sinners in need of forgiveness, that we all fall short of the glory of Yahweh, that there is none righteous, no, not one, that when we look at the perfect law of Yahweh, we see it and it's beautiful, but it shows us our imperfections. It shows us where we fall short. But there's a promise that we have in Yahweh and in His Word that when we admit our sins and confess our sins and repent of our sins, He forgives us of our sins. That's a promise that we have in Yahweh's Word. In this line of thinking, there are two types of people. On the one hand, there are those who sin in the world and don't care. These are people who have no remorse, no conviction, no sorrow, no desire to abandon a lifestyle of sin. And on the other hand, we have people who realize that they need help. They admit their sin, they confess their sin to Yahweh, and they fight that sin every day that they live. They fight that sin. Now, this second group is no better than the first group in their own making. They've just been shown grace and mercy, and they have a heart that does not want to continue in sin. So they fight sin, and they seek to live a lifestyle of righteousness. This second group are still sinners. They're still in need of a Savior. And every time we say that word Savior, it's a reference to the fact that we need to be forgiven. He is our Savior. The second group are still sinners. They're still in need of a Savior. They are still in need of confession each day, but it's just that by grace they do confess. They do repent. And by grace their lifestyle is not characterized by sin. I'm thankful to have people in my life that I can look at whose lifestyle is not characterized by sin. These people are joyful. They're happy because Yahweh has forgiven them of their past and He continues to forgive them in their present. So that gets us started in Psalm 32. Look at the first two verses. How happy is the one whose transgression is forgiven. Or some Bibles might say how joyful or joyous is that one. And then it says whose sin is covered. How happy or joyous is the man Yahweh does not charge with sin and in whose spirit is no deceit. How joyful. How happy, how blessed. It is a joyous thing to have your transgressions be forgiven and your sins covered. Now those are parallels in verse 1. Hebrew parallelism, if you study the Hebrew Bible, it's a lot of times in the Old Testament where the author will say the same thing in two different ways. 
How joyful is the one whose transgressions have been forgiven, comma, whose sins are covered. Same thing, just said in two different ways. Yahweh doesn't charge this man with sin because his sin has been forgiven. His sin has been lifted off of him. You see that word forgiven there in verse 1? That is the Hebrew word nasah. It literally means to lift. And the idea is that sin is a weight that is burdening you down. And when it's forgiven, it lifts off of you. And it makes you feel light. And it makes you feel normal. And it makes you feel joyous and at peace with Father Yahweh. Because He loves you. He's forgiven your sin. And this is why this person is described at the end of verse 2 as a man in whose spirit there is no deceit. This describes a man whose spirit is well. We talk about a person that has a good spirit. A lot of times that just means a good attitude or a good demeanor. It's a man in whose spirit is well because he's been forgiven. That's why he has a good spirit. He's at peace in his spirit because Yahweh has covered over his transgressions. But why? Why does Yahweh forgive this man of his sin? Why is it that Yahweh doesn't charge this person with sin? Well, let's continue. Psalm 32, 3-4. David is writing. He says, When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. David begins by saying, When I kept silent when I held back, when I held it in. That is a reference to David or us not confessing our sin, trying to hold it in and keep silent about it and not repent to Father Yahweh. David's point here is that when he kept silent, refusing to acknowledge and confess his transgressions, he felt his bones weaken because he was under conviction all day long. He knew he needed to confess and to repent, but he did not when he kept silent. He felt his bones weaken. He says, Yahweh's hand was heavy on me. That's the convicting power of Yahweh's Spirit. And David said his strength felt like it was drained, like he'd been working out in the summer heat. Why? Once again, David knew, I need to get this out. But when I kept silent, oh, I felt terrible. I felt sick to my stomach. Has anybody, I can raise both of my hands on this, has anybody ever committed a sin and held it in for a while instead of confessing? And I have done it before, and it made me literally sick. It actually made me sick, feverish, shaking, until I got rid of that thing, got it out in the open, confessed it to Yahweh, confessed it to my neighbor, whoever that was, and then repented of it and and did away with it and fought it. And then it felt so good. I was like, verse 1, how joyful is the man whose sins are forgiven, whose transgressions have been covered over. But see, unconfessed sin unconfessed sin does this to a person. It slowly destroys people. Sin is a monster. It does not love you. It does not care about you. It does not want to see you joyous. It all does seem pleasurable at first. The author of Hebrews says that the pleasures of sin are for a time or for a season. Sin always seems joyous at first. But that's the deception. Deception is always when something seems pleasurable, enjoyable, thrilling at first, yet at the last it bites like a serpent and it stings like a scorpion. The reason any of us keep sin in our lives whenever we do, unconfessed, is because 
we are loving that sin more than we love Yahweh. We want to keep doing that sin so we don't acknowledge it and we don't confess it. We want to hold on to it and commit it when we feel like doing it again. And this goes for any and all sins. This goes for idolatry, not keeping our word, lying, Sabbath breaking, dishonoring our elders, hatred and bitterness, sexual immorality like adultery and fornication, theft, covetousness, and the list goes on and on. Any of these sins can either be fed or starved. Let me say that again. They can either be fed, the sins, or starved. When we want to commit these sins, we feed them by not admitting we have a problem. Not confessing our sin. Holding it in. Keeping silent, as verse 3 says. And enjoying the sinful pleasures. And when we do that, the monster of sin gets bigger. Because we're doing nothing but feeding that monster. The monster grows, our faith dwindles, and sin slowly kills us. It's very deceptive. It's not usually not all at once a death. It is a slow death. It is a slow killing. That's what sin does. That's what the enemy does. The same thing could be said for all other sins that I didn't mention. We can keep them in or we can get them out. The sad thing is is that we can keep them in for so long sometimes. I've seen this with people that I've talked to, that I've counseled, that I've witnessed to. Keep a sin in for so long that you get to a place where it doesn't even seem like a sin anymore because you're so used to doing it. We may have even deceived ourselves that what we are doing really isn't a sin. Sometimes that's possible. That's a bad place to be in. We need to all remember Hebrews 3.13. Hebrews 3.13 says this to to the congregation, New Covenant Assembly, but encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. Sin is a deception. Something that will make you think it is okay. But in reality, it is not. It is a destructive force. While it is still called today, we all need daily encouragement. We do not just need encouragement on the Sabbath, new moon, or annual feast days. Now, those are days that we're commanded to assemble, holy convocation, and we get encouraged and praise Yahweh for that. But we don't just need encouragement on those days. We need encouragement this Hebrews 3.13 says, daily. And it's saying, let us encourage one another daily while it's still called today, lest we be hardened through sin's deceitfulness. Let me share something with you. You will be less apt to feed your sin if you, one, stay in the Word daily, Bible study, Bible reading. Number two, pray daily. Daniel prayed three times a day. We can at least do it once a day. Amen. We ought to do it like Daniel, really. I speak to myself. I don't pray three times a day, but I should. Bible study, Bible reading. Number two, prayer. And number three, this is a big one, communicate with your brothers and sisters daily about the faith. Now, in our day and time, we have so many avenues that we can do that in. Phone call, text, if we see them out in town. We communicate, and what do we do? We encourage one another. 
Brother Randy and I talk about how we're so thankful that we, we work together for a long time. And it's not just that we go to work. It's that we, we actually get to encourage one another every day in the faith to be more obedient, to be more adherent to Yahweh's Word. And there's some days when I don't feel like being faithful. There's some days Brother Randy don't feel like being faithful, but we balance one another out. And we encourage one another while it's still called today. You're deceiving yourself if you think you don't need daily encouragement. So you need it and you need to give it out. Phone calls, texts, Facebook messages, whatever it is, people need, our brothers and sisters need to be encouraged in the faith lest we be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's what we're here for, to help one another out. Amen. To help one another out. Not to look down on, not to put thumbs on, but to encourage one another, build one another up in the Holy Spirit, pray for one another, love one another, serve one another, and encourage one another not to sin. These three things, staying in the Word daily, daily prayer, and daily communication with your brothers and sisters, will help you starve the monster of sin and kill it rather than it kill you. If, however, you stray away from the Word and prayer and you don't get daily encouragement from the saints, you're hurting yourself. It will only make you keep silent about your sin. Your bones will grow brittle and you will feel like you're worn out and you cannot fight anymore. A while back, we were kind of on a, a good kick about Bible reading and prayer. And that's a good thing to be on. And I was talking about how that when we were little, I would sing a song, read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. Forget your Bible, forget to pray, and you shrink, shrink, shrink. And Brother Arnold made a profound comment. It was profound to me. And he said this, you will stop reading and praying before you fall away. You won't fall away while you are in the Word daily, in prayer daily, and in communication daily. You will stop those things first before you fall away. And you watch and you see, and it's a sad thing, but you see people that are falling away now. And you know that it began by lack of being in the Word, the Bible, lack of prayer, and lack of fellowship, lack of communication. So continue to do those things. You starve that monster of sin out. You stop doing those things, you're feeding that monster of sin and he's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, here's the good thing. We always give the good news after the bad news. The good news is, is that if at any point we feel conviction over our sin, we feel like our bones are growing brittle and our strength is drained, if at any point in that you acknowledge your sin, confess your sin, and get rid of your sin, Yahweh is ready to forgive you of your sin. That's the good news. Psalm 86 verse 5 says this, For you, Lord, are kind and ready to forgive, rich in faithful love to all who call on you. Back to our text, Psalm 32 verse 5. Look at what David says in contrast to being silent. Verse 5, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to Yahweh and you took away the guilt of my sin. You took it away. See that last part? David says to Yahweh, you took away the guilt of my sin. Basically, he's saying, you forgave me, Yahweh. You forgave me. But when did Yahweh forgive David? Not when he kept it secret. Not when he held it back. Not when he tried to conceal it. But when he acknowledged it 
and confessed it to Yahweh. Yahweh then forgave David of his sin. He was open to Yahweh about his sin. And shouldn't we all be open with Yahweh about our sin and about our life and about ourselves? You know, this hit me hard not long ago. Yahweh already knows us better than anybody else in the universe. He knows every little thing about us. He knows how we act every second of every minute of every day. Yahweh knows exactly how we act. Yahweh knows our failings each day. He knows when we are hateful instead of loving. He knows when we are grumpy instead of joyful. Come on. (laughs) He knows when we are full of worry and anxiety instead of peace. He knows when we are stressed and we take that stress out on others rather than being patient. That first one's a sin. Stress, taking stress out on others. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Taking stress out on others is a work of the flesh. Yahweh knows when we do that. Yahweh knows when I do that to Brother Randy. Right, Brother Randy? Yahweh knows that. There's no sense in me trying to hide that from Yahweh. He already knows. He already knows. He knows when we are harsh instead of kind. He knows when we are bitter instead of gentle. He knows when we are unfaithful instead of faithful and indulgent instead of temperate. Yahweh knows all these things. So it's best for us to just get it out and be open to Him and say, Father, You know exactly what I went through today. Please forgive me and help me to do better. Help me for my in my life to fight my sin. Yahweh knows all of that. He knows everything about each one of us. Nothing gets by Yahweh. Nothing gets by Yahweh. And there's not a day that goes by that we don't need to ask Him to forgive us of our sins. And we should. Not a day that goes by. Even as Yeshua taught us to pray in the daily model prayer, Matthew chapter 6, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That comes right after. Give us this day our daily bread. You pray that every day. Some people say, well, you shouldn't pray that prayer exactly how it reads every day. I'm not saying that you have to, but I don't see anything wrong with praying it exactly how it reads. It's a pattern prayer. Somebody says, well, I want to make my own words up. That's fine, too. You know, you speak to Yahweh. I pray to Him like that, too. But even a good long prayer, if a long prayer is good, it's going to sound like the Lord's Prayer. It's going to sound like the Disciples' Prayer. It's going to have the same elements in it that the Disciples' Prayer has in it. And one of those elements in it is, forgive me for my debts. See, sin is like a debt. It's like something you owe to Yahweh. Forgive me for my trespasses. As I forgive those who what? Sin against me, trespass against me, who are indebted to me. should be something we pray every time that we pray. And if we are all honest, truthful, instead of being in denial, we all know that we need daily forgiveness. We all know that we are sinners in need of Yahweh's saving grace and mercy. This very day, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is a reminder of that. This very day is a reminder of that. We need continual cleansing, continual washing, and continual forgiveness. Now, do I believe that we can become more holy? Well, absolutely, I believe that. That's called sanctification. To be sanctified means to become more holy. And we can become more holy. That process happens in the life 
of a regenerate, saved person. Over time, over many, many years, the true disciple, the genuinely saved man or woman or child, becomes less and less involved with sin and more and more involved with Yahweh and His law. That's sanctification. And that's not a work of Matthew or a work of you. That's still a work of Yahweh just as much as justification. Justification is all a work of Yahweh and so is sanctification. We would never be sanctified unless He who began a good work in us will complete it to its finality or to its finishing point. The genuinely saved person loves Yahweh more than he or she loves sin. So they're always confessing their sin and asking for forgiveness. They're always worried about their faults and their failures. And the reason that they're worried about them is because the new heart inside of them cannot stand that wickedness. It's filthy. And so they don't like it. And so when they do sin, it tears them apart and they confess it, repent of it, and strive not to practice it. But here's the thing. Sanctification, the process whereby we become more holy by the grace of Yahweh, sanctification is not for you to decide in your own person. Not for you to decide. There's no need for you to look at yourself and say, well, look how sanctified I've become over the last five years. I think I'm looking pretty good. That's not biblical for you to do that. That's not for you to decide in your own person. That's not how it works. Sanctified people are people who become more and more aware of the holiness of Yahweh because He's the only one inherently holy. He didn't have to be given anything. Yahweh's holy by His very nature. Sanctified people recognize more and more the holiness of Yahweh and in doing so, they become more and more aware of their need of forgiveness in light of the holiness of Yahweh because the holier that they see Yahweh, the less holy they see themselves. So sanctification is not something you place or comment upon of yourself. Sanctification is something other people will see in you and let them comment in Yahweh's time about your sanctification. Humble yourself and you will be exalted. Exalt yourself and you will be brought low or you will be humbled. So either way you're going to be humbled, so it's a lot better if you just go ahead and humble yourself to start with. Let Yahweh exalt you. Let Him use other people to comment on your sanctification. As Proverbs 27 verse 2 says, Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. See, it's not our business to comment or speak of our own sanctification. That's something other people see at work in us. As the parable in Luke 17 verse 10 concludes, When we have done all that we are commanded, we should say this, We are good-for-nothing slaves. We've only done our duty. We are to just continue to acknowledge our sin and confess our sin each day, running to Father Yahweh through His only begotten Son, Yeshua the Messiah. And that, my brothers and sisters, is how our sins are forgiven. And that, my brothers and sisters, is how David's sins are forgiven, is by the sacrifice of Yeshua the Messiah. So your homework tonight is to read, and I would suggest that you read it tonight while this is fresh on your mind, is to read Romans chapters 3 and 4 in the light of Psalm 32, 1 through 5. Because Paul actually quotes a portion of Psalm 32 in Romans chapter 4. 
But what you're going to see when you read Romans 3 and 4, you will see is that all of this forgiveness is made possible through Yeshua the Messiah. His perfect life, never sinning, His substitute sacrificial death in our place, and His victorious resurrection on the third day by Father Yahweh. All of this is made possible, this forgiveness, by the sacrifice of Yeshua. Our faith in Yeshua is what makes us right with Yahweh the Father. That's what makes us at a peaceful relationship where there's no wrath between Yahweh and us is because of what His Son, the Mediator, the go-between, the one who intervenes between two parties for the purpose of reconciliation, He is what makes us have peace with Father Yahweh. As Acts 13, 38-39 says, Therefore let it be known to you, brothers, that through this man, speaking of the Messiah, Forgiveness of sins is being proclaimed to you. And everyone who believes in Him is justified from everything that you could not be justified from through the law of Moses. Brothers and sisters, my dear friends whom I love, don't hold on to your sin. I don't know everybody's heart and mind in here. I see you visibly. I love each and every one of you. But I don't know what we all battle with. We have differences depending on our personal struggles and and faults and failures in day-to-day life. But don't hold on to your sin. If there's something that you're holding on to and you're keeping silent about it, and it's really it's killing you, it's a slow death, confess it and get it out to Father Yahweh. and Get it out to a trusted brother or sister. Brother TJ is probably going to be teaching upon that soon where it says confess your sins one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. So it's not just to Father Yahweh, but get it out to a trusted brother or a trusted sister, and they will help you. They will help you stay accountable to Yahweh's law, to Yahweh's word. It will be much easier to fight sin if you confess to Yahweh and confess to a trusted brother or sister. You'll be much more equipped to fight against sin than trying to do it, keeping it in secret. Life is not found in sin. Sin promises just for time. Life is not found in sin. Life is found in Yeshua, the Son of Yahweh. He says, I am the way. John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father but by me. Yeshua is the way of Yahweh. He is the life of Yahweh. And He is the truth of Yahweh. And the only way to get to Father Yahweh is not by anything that you can do, not by any works of righteousness that you have done, but by His perfection, His perfect righteousness that cleanses you from all your imperfections. Acknowledge your sin. What better day to get started than Yom Kippur if you haven't already been doing this, but acknowledge your sin, confess your sin, repent of your sin, and place your faith in the Son of Yahweh. And you will then be forgiven just as David in Psalm 32, verse 5. Let's stand and have a word of prayer as we close. Praise Yahweh. I love you, Father Yahweh, and I thank you for the book of Psalms. I thank you for King David. I believe he was one of your most special servants upon the earth. And Yahweh, I'm thankful for what he wrote to us there in Psalm 32. Help us, Father Yahweh, that when we fail when we sin 
Father Yahweh, that we do not keep silent or keep it in ourselves. Help us to get it out in the open. Acknowledge it, confess it, repent of it, and fight it using your strength and the encouraging strength we get from the saints. Help us to do that, Father Yahweh. Help us, Father Yahweh, not to trust in our own works, but help us to trust in the works of your dear Son, His perfect works, and His life, death, burial, and resurrection, all that His ministry entails. Help us, Father Yahweh. Thank you for another Yom Kippur, another Day of Atonement. Bring us back here next Sabbath for the Feast of Tabernacles. We'll rejoice before you with our branches. We thank you, Father, through your Son, Yeshua. Amen.